Ben Jawalski, what's going on? JFW, how you doing, man? You recovered from the Super Bowl. I watched all your lip syncing videos last night. They were very entertaining. Yeah. I had a I had a blast. Um, despite what it probably looked like during the lip syncing, I was actually quite sober. Um, and I just I really like rap music and the particular place that I was at, it was like Super Bowl party. Um, at like this kind of big bar that, you know, had a big stage and a great sound system. So when the Super Bowl transitioned to Super Bowl halftime show slash all of the best rappers performing at once, it turned into a club and everyone was dancing and the lights were going like it was awesome. I had a blast and I I must say it was better than just watching from the couch at someone's house. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah, I was pretty hyped. I um you know, in my, I'll show you how old I am. My early twenties, Snoop was the big thing, Snoop and Dre. Yeah. And then, and then Eminem shortly thereafter, you know, so that was like kind of the rap I came up on and uh, yeah. so I was excited. It was them. And then I love Kendrick Lamar. So, yeah. So he was very and 50 cents surprise prefer, uh, or our whole dollar. <laughs> Some people <laughs> yeah. were saying, Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel bad for it. Like, I feel bad people just roast. I always feel bad when people get roasted for their size. He didn't look that big to me. He's just big. Du- he's always been a big dude. Well, but I, I mean, he's always had a ton of muscle, right? Yeah. And like, I mean, you know, like the power lifters who aren't shredded, like they just look like chubby almost. But I guarantee 50 Cent could outlift most of the people who are trolling him. Oh, um, people people just love to troll on the internet. That's the oh, you know the beauty of the Super Bowl show. But it was, I thought it was a great show, great to watch. You know, entertaining and uh, very uh, odd Super Bowl party for me. It was just me and my eighteen year old daughter watching it, who started off very happy because she got to watch Joe Burrow and she loves him. Yeah, and uh, then she found out he has a girlfriend, and then she doesn't love him anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think is going to happen, baby? Like, he's just waiting on the incoming class of the University of Cincinnati, waiting for you to get down there. Like, <laughs> seriously, you know, I'm sitting there watching the Super Bowl with my daughter drinking sleepy time tea. I'm like, how did my life become this? You yeah. Know? And here we are on on Valentine's, you know, just, well, you, you know, you're my, you're my Valentine. So that works out. Yeah, dude. Will you be my Valentine? Mm-hmm. I guess you already are. You're here. So here you go. I appreciate Man. that. And I'm having this nice uh, frosty O2 beverage. I need to get him to send me the non-caffeinated ones. I was going to smash one because I'm very, very thirsty right now. They're but all non-caffeinated. All of them. R- wrong. Uh, true. This one's not caffeinated. Well, okay. You have the non-caffeinated version. I uh, have the caffeinated versions. What does he make this caffeinated? Stay. Hold, please. Oh, my God. You're going to make me edit this damn podcast because you're oh, claiming they make something with caffeine grabbing one out of the fridge boom bring it in the wheat brother that is caffeine the worst doesn't have caffeine in it are you sure 100 milligram of caffeine right oh, wow. <laughs> well this one's caffeine free and this is an unsponsored plug, but he gave it's me not a co- sponsored. We're getting Dave way too much press right now. Yeah. Well, this is an unsponsored plug, but he actually gave me a code uh, to, for people to save 25% off MWA 25 and you get 25% off. O2, which oh, by the way is a great deal. One more time. It was a little free. It was a little freezy. On my- <laughs> MWGA2. Okay. Yeah. Right. Make watch great again. You've heard of it. You've heard the little page. Anyway. I haven't. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I'll check it out. Yeah, 
MWGA 25 and you get 25% off. And this stuff's great, dude. And I, this is like the third one I pounded because I did a ridiculous workout getting ready for the open today. I did my usual thing. Well, I'll do the actual sponsor plug. So I did my normal thing. I took some, you can, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, cause I knew I was going to do a long workout. So I was going down in the basement. I was actually, I was talking to Savannah today and who was on our last show for people who were wondering wide prep weightlifting coach wide prep weightlifting coach and she was saying she was getting ready for the open and she did this uh 15 minute imam which was three movements three wall walks uh 10 thrusters at 75 pounds which is my jam i love the ladies weight and um 10 toes to bar and i don't do toes to bar in my basement very often like hardly ever you know so yeah. I'm like all right i'll do that but I also had already kind of planned out my workout for the day. So I knew I was going to be down there kind of in a steady state for about 45 minutes or so if I was going to tack on this extra 15 minutes. So I did 10 rounds of a thousand meter C2 bike, 12 push-ups, 12 air squats is my warm up, you know. And that's not, you know, it sounds long, but it's really not as bad as it sounds. About 30 minutes, and it's just you're just moving, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, took like a two, two to three minute break and then went right into her thing. And the first round felt great. After that, it's all a blur. It's just all a blur. <laughs> like, it, you know, like none of those movements are hard, but my shoulders were just smoked like almost immediately. And thank God I took the UCAN because at that point, I'm like almost 45 minutes in by the time it's done. And I never felt like I was going to hit the wall, but I was feeling it. Like it was one of those EMOMs, like by the end, you're like looking at the clock going, am I going to make these last two minutes on time or am I just going to become a 17 minute EMOM? You know? And uh, then I came upstairs and I pounded a couple of O2s and that was my workout. And now I'm exhausted because I'm old as hell. So. Hey, hey, as long as you're tracking it for your diet and you're, you know, you're feeling hydrated in fields, you got carbs, you got high, you have liquids. It, you know, sounds like you're surviving. I'm surviving. I, I'm down 15 pounds now. Nice. I know. Right. I'm getting lighter for the open. That's part of my, was part of my strategy was to get as light as I could going into the open. Love but still, it. you know, keep strength and not do anything ridiculously dumb. And I think I'm going to achieve that goal of kind of getting to my target weight by the time this thing starts. So we'll see if it pays off. Sweet. I actually, uh, I um, kind of, I did a big workout on Sunday um, for the Super Bowl. And like usual, there was heavy snatches in it. So I loved it. Um, ended up going for like a, maybe, I don't know if it would be a life time PR, but like a recent PR, um, I've hit 250 and 255 several times, but I haven't hit 260 in like, I don't know, it's probably been at least five, six years since I've hit that. Um, and you know, I went for it. I almost stuck it, you know, it was really, really close, but I actually finally, finally, for the first time in a long time, um, I actually like tweaked my elbow, like maybe a bit of overextension or something on my elbow. So like my elbow is like a little swollen and I actually, I didn't work out today. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself a rest. And I went on a hike. Look so I scaled and bailed because I could, I can, you know, do stuff, but I was like, you know what? I'm probably, I need to give this thing a little bit of rest and I'm just practicing extending and, and unextending my arm, I guess is what it's called. And, uh, it's, it's a little painful, but, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to scale a little bit for the next two mm -hmm. weeks to make sure that I uh, am ready to go for the open. 
Well, I was about to say, I don't think snatching 260 is considered scaling, but <laughs> um, we'll we'll go with it for the... Well, I failed, so it's bailing. It's bailing. Yeah, yeah bailing's good. Bailing's always I ba- good. I bailed it. Yeah, well, I want I wanted to talk about some open prep again, and I know we did, you know, last week we kind of touched on, you know, what do you do if a barbell comes up, but I really just wanted to talk about open prep, like how to get ready for these three weeks coming up. I, I've been yeah. working on it. I started like kind of prepping myself around home, and I just figured we'd talk about it to make sure I wasn't doing anything completely stupid. Um, and, I, you know, I wanted to hear some of the things that maybe you were thinking about doing going in. Um I'll start and you can just tell me if I'm an idiot. So one thing that I've been doing, you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, we know that, but, <laughs> but particularly around the training, um, the one thing I, I wanted to start doing really kind of this week and next week is having one day where I, I don't go to the red line, but I get real close. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't get to that red line in training, but I'm going to get to the red line in the open. I know it's coming. Sure. And so my and it's body important to expose yourself to that. Yeah. Yeah. My body doesn't remember what it feels like. I did seven minutes of burpees in the basement yesterday and I got done and I'm like, okay, I remember what that feels like. No, <laughs> that sucked. It was terrible. You know, and I didn't redline it. You know, I got an okay score cause I didn't redline it, but I remembered yeah. like real quick. I got about three minutes in. I'm like, okay. All right. This is how this feels, you know, Yep, for sure. Would you suggest that? Or is that crazy talk? No, I I think um, as long as your redlining isn't um, like, for instance, I wouldn't do like a a pull up workout or a bar muscle up workout where your red line could potentially expose your hands to like pretty big rips. Um, But exposing yourself to true redlining where you are, you know, you're like, I don't know if I can do another rep as long as it's like within the confines of like not, not injuring yourself. So like maybe not doing it with like a super heavy barbell over your head where failure there is like, okay, I no longer can even stabilize the bar. Um, Exposing yourself to redline like feelings is, is always something that I think would prepare yourself mentally and physically, but mainly more mentally for like what it's going to feel like during the open. But what's interesting is I don't, I guess when I, when I think of it, um, I know you don't redline very much. I do. I like when I, I'm in a three rounds for time Metcon, like I'm, I'm, I'm always like, Hey, this is training. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for it and I might fail. Like I had a, I had a workout the other day with my buddy, Eric, where it was, um, it was a five, 400 meter row, 21 GHD, 18 pistols, 15 strict handstand pushups. And like, you know, I like, I took a risk in that final set trying to do like all the handstand pushups unbroken and I failed. Um, and I had to come down cause I totally burnt out, but like, that was a good test. Um, it was like, it was good to actually test the boundaries of like, all right, what does it feel like to hit failure so that come the open, I'm going to be able to leave one or two reps in the tank and just flirt with that line. Uh, so yeah, I think it's good mental prep or, and to show your body what you're truly capable of. Do what I also did uh, was I did my lifting afterwards. Oh yeah. That's what we talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. Well, that was the idea. You know, I did um, five by three back squats at, I think it was 85% and then uh, five by one snatches. Oh no, cleans, uh, squat uh-huh. cleans at, uh, hang squat cleans at 85%. And kind of the same thing, you know, like I wanted to lift under fatigue, but I wasn't, you know, again, I didn't completely redline. So I wasn't 
you know, so fatigued that it killed me, but it hurt, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my best, best moment ever. Um, I just worry about like, for me, that's the one thing that always gets me in the open is the first, you know, when I go in that first workout and I haven't redlined in a while and you got to talk yourself into going to that dark place. Yeah. And that's, that's hard to do, man. If you haven't been there in a while. For sure. Absolutely. You know? I don't think it's something that people need to experience. Like, I feel like the old CrossFit guard, not like necessarily the leaders, but like just like old school CrossFit is like you experience pukey red line bleeding every workout, right? Those days are kind of gone. I do think there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast though, that are, they're, they're like, yeah, man, I red line every day. And like, I black out, <laughs> but there's also a <laughs> contingent of people maybe more like you that are like, Hey, like, I go 85, 90%, like leave a little bit in the tank. Yeah. If you're doing the open, like this is the time where you're, you're probably going to empty the tank. Um, Cause that's kind of the point is to see what you're capable of. So definitely between now and then, as long as you're not exposing yourself to maybe like hand rips or hand injuries, um, I wouldn't do it with a crazy heavy barbell or like a super heavy deadlift box jump combo workout or anything like that. Um, but you can maybe take a, an X open workout or two, that doesn't look like it's going to beat you up too bad and try it, try redlining, try beating a previous score, try, I don't know, set a goal and, and see if you can get there and see if you can push yourself hard enough to get into that mentally dark place. The thing, John, is that a lot of people can't get there by their own will. They have to rely on the motivation and screaming of a large crowd of people calling them names. Um, I know that some people just, they, they, the Friday night lights are like the only time that they redline because that's the only place that they'll get there well yeah to that point so here's what i did I, I strategically i chose seven minutes of burpees for a couple of reasons number one it's a it's a previous open workout so there's always the possibility it's going to come up no again. I, no you know, it no. won't i don't think it will but there's always that possibility you know yeah so i'm like all right i i did that um secondly it's body weight so to your point like i knew the odds of me you know, injuring a shoulder or an elbow or a knee, like all of that's really, really low compared to doing something that might have, you know, pull-ups or muscle-ups or ring dips or something that's, you know, more gymnastic focused. Yeah. Um, so those are a couple of things. And then the other thing I want to do, and I do think this is important for, to practice going into the open because it's, you know, most of those, a lot of the open workouts have a specific, you know, the, you know, there'll be AMRAPs cause you're going for reps. Yeah. Um, and in this case it was seven, you know, seven minutes. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to set a target number of burpees per minute. So I wasn't working it like an EMOM, but I went in saying, all right, here's my target. Yeah. You know, if I, you know, I knew I wanted to get at least 110 reps in the seven minutes. And so I'm like, all right, so I have to get 16 a minute. You have to, or you can't get there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important going into the open to be thinking about targets because that's, you know, particularly when you're about to be scored and finding a pace you can work at for an extended period of time, as opposed to coming out far too hot and then having to try to suffer your way through, which by the way, is what I did in those burpees. I came out too hot and I had to suffer the last three minutes. It really, that's really what sucked. I did when that workout was released way back in the day, man. Oh, I'm. Well, I didn't mean to like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do 16 a minute. And then I came out the first minute and I felt great. And I fell into that trap. I've, you know, I fell into my own trap. I knew better. How many did you do the first minute? 
at the two and a half minute mark, I was at 50. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was moving, like I was moving good. And I didn't realize I was moving that fast until I look at, you know, cause I wasn't looking at the clock. I had a song playing and I'm just going and I'm feeling great. And I look at the clock and it's two and a half minutes and I'm at 50. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I knew right then, like I am screwed. <laughs> and cause you know how that goes. Like in the next 30 seconds, then your heart rate catches up to you. Yeah. And uh, your whole body catches up at once. And then all of a sudden they're grief burpees, you know, <laughs> you're just falling to the floor. And it was terrible. It was so terrible. So terrible. And, you know, because I wasn't competing, I was taking longer breaks than I probably would because they didn't want a red line. But sure. I do think it's important to, you know, as a test to, you know, find those, those moments where you can say, all right, I'm going to do X number of reps in this minute and see how long I can hold it. Yeah. Yeah. The death by, you know, actually this is a a good idea. If no one's ever done a death by blank workout, like death by thrusters or death by thrusters and burpees is, is a good one. Um, basically the premise is like minute one, you do one thruster minute two, you do two burpees minute three, you do three thruster. And you know, in the beginning you're like, this is easy. And at some point after the beginning, you're like, this isn't easy anymore. And then very quickly thereafter, you're like, I am now redlining. It's a good, that's a good like combo potentially to like very simply and easily expose yourself to the red line. Cause the only way you tap out is when you can't complete the reps in a given minute. Um, and a lot of times like you can go like one or two more rounds after like that perceived like I'm not going to make this round and you get it and then you try to make the next round like there's something special about that so if you if you want an easy red line workout just do thrusters and burpees um alternating minutes dude we used to just do we'd do one or the other it was never together I had a coach that would routinely program death buys and it was all you know death by burpees is so brutal because you once you get past like kind of 12 you know like you can do most people, you know, even like, you know, scaled workouts like myself, like I can do 20 in a minute, but I got to move pretty hard to do it. Like I, if I had, if I had to go like all out for one minute, it's probably 23 to 25, but I can do 20 pretty routinely for one minute, (laughs) for one minute. So you start adding that up, you get like to 12, all of a sudden you're breathing pretty hard. Now 13 gets really hard. And now your minutes are starting to really get close. There's no break. And now you're doing 12, 13, 14. Like if you can get up to that, 14, 15, 16, 17, you're heroic at, yep. at the age of 50, for sure, you know, in the, in your forties and fifties. And it's, you know, to your point, it is a red line workout and thrusters are even worse. Cause you're getting nowhere near, you know, most people are getting nowhere yep. near 14 and 15. Like you're tapping out at, you know, 11, 10 and 11, you know? Yeah. The death by it's a, it's a, it's a quick and easy way to find your red line. We did death by GHDs once as a quick and easy way to get rhabdo. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. It was. And I think we got to 17, if you can believe that. It was, uh, yeah, it's it's horrible. Absolutely. Dizzy, couldn't laugh for a month. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing terrible. good about it. Death by sit-ups is fun, though, because you can do that for a long time. A hmm. long, if you're know. good at sit-ups, like. Sounds like you, I would get, what do you call it, monkey butt? I would get monkey butt real oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's not fun. Question for the listeners: mm-hmm. uh, DM one of us or the the Scale and Build podcast Instagram. What do you call the 
horrible, horrible rash that you only find out exists once you step in the shower after a butterfly pull-up workout. Bro, it is so funny you asked that. We had uh, we haven't released the episode yet. It's coming out this Friday on kettlebells and cocktails. I swear to God, we did not plan this. Uh, we just had uh, Annie Sakamoto on, yeah, and and her benchmark workout. Annie is double unders and sit ups. Yeah, we spent we spent ten minutes asking her what it felt like to have a workout named after her that everyone got ass rash. You know, <laughs> ash it, ass rash. I like it was that. really funny. Um, yeah, we had a long discussion about you know how do you want that to be your legacy? You know, yeah, she's the, be- she's the best by the way, like total superstar, in my opinion. I believe it. We could have her on this one. She's a master's athlete. Well, we talked about that actually. It was a I had a long debate as to which show to have her on, but it, the timing of it uh, ended up needing to be a Tuesday. So we did with Nikki. But it, but to your point, I think we need to get her on here to talk about training and and what she does because she's a heroic master's athlete and yeah. And really spectacular. So give me another tip. I need something else to work on. I got two weeks to cram all the fitness in, Ben. Two weeks. Well, not even at this point. Yeah, not even. Naturally, for me, um, I levitate to skill practice. And skill practice being what are the obvious movements that with 100% certainty are showing up in the open? Um Double unders are most definitely going to be there. Probably toes to bar. They're going to show up. Which is why I did them today, by the way. Definitely a pull up. And if you're in the RX division, it's almost guaranteed to be a chest to bar pull up. Um, Bar muscle up. So there's probably going to be something again this year. Like um, with the limited amount of workouts, there only being three. Obviously, I'm expecting a couple two parters, but I think we're going to see maybe some more workouts where you have these like elevating skills each round. Like remember the workout, I forget which one, 21.3, I think was, um, you know, had toes to bar and then had chest to bar pull-ups and then it had bar muscle ups. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of that. So think about, think along the lines of progressions and like figure out, you know, how you can move through the more complex movements in fatigue. Cause I don't think, like, I think the bar muscle ups and the, the, you know, I think bar, I don't think there's any rings on the equipment list for the, you know, uh, I think in the adapt, adapted division, there are, but not in the other divisions. Um, so that means for most of us, uh, we, we won't be doing any ring muscle ups. So because of that, um, I would certainly figure out how can, like, can you do, or, or are you going to be able to execute bar muscle ups under fatigue? Because my guess is that when you get to them, you're already going to have completed a lot of reps. Cause I feel like it's kind of like the status quo anymore to like, even in the RX division, make sure that the RX division is approachable before it gets really difficult and really heavy. Um, so that's what I would see. You know, that's what I'm guessing is probably going to happen. Um, it's the exact same thing that we saw with um, that kind of the clean and jerk workout where like eventually pistols came in and then a heavier barbell. It's like things get harder as the workouts go on. So just cause you can do, a clean and jerk at 275 uh, doesn't mean that when you get to that barbell in the middle of the open workout, you're going to be able to do it. Same thing with pistols. Like if you, if you can do pistols fresh, but you can't do them when you're absolutely smoked and exhausted, then you're probably not going to do pistols this year. So it's all about like practicing the slightly higher skilled movements under some sort of fatigue. So do maybe some burpee, 
imams, you know, do something that just smokes you or a sprint on the rower or the biker or something like that. And then try to add that skill and make sure that you can hit it under fatigue. All right. So I'm going to break this down for the listeners that don't have ADD. So I'm going to uh, just break down everything you just said there. So let's go Thank back you. to double unders real quick. Um, Cause I, I wanted you. to expand. I thought it was too simple of a tip. So I had to expand from that. No, well, no, I think, I think you're spot on double unders will likely come up or single unders. If you're going to, you know, if you're a scale and bell athlete, um, I think mm-hmm. that if there was something I would advise people to practice going into the open, it's the transition into either double unders or single unders, not the movement itself. Like if you don't have double unders by now, you're not going to, you're likely not going to have them really well by the open. Right. That's fair to say. So yeah. you might still be doing singles, but if you can do doubles, that's great. You're, you won't get infinitely better between now and then, but what you can get better at is how quickly you pick up the rope and get it under your feet. Cause what you often see with people in the open is they panic and the ropes out in front of them, you know, like the, the rope itself is in front of your feet instead of behind your feet where it should be. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so they get it and then you got to step over the rope and then they got to position their hands. Like you got to get your rope in a place where you can pick it up and go immediately. And that, you know, you go back and listen to the episode we had with Dave from Arc Smarter. He gives an entire seminar on that, uh, on that show. But I think that's really, really important to pick up the rope and start going quick. And I think you also like, this is, you know, probably my thing, but when it's just me, training i think you often forget to count that first rep like most people do you know like the first time it goes under you count that as one when it isn't really didn't go under twice and so i think you have to practice maybe giving yourself one extra rep or you're going to frustrate yourself really fast when you have a judge sitting there watching you and counting and you also have to be prepared for a judge to miscount your reps because double unders are arguably really hard even for judges to count yeah. And so it can be a very frustrating movement. So for me, like in that double under piece, I think you just have to, you know, practice getting on the rope quick and then maybe having to do one or two more reps without it letting, without it throwing you off. Cause the reality is one or two more reps on a double under is one to two seconds. It's not going to change your score oh, yeah. infinitely. Yeah. You know? yeah. And do it again, do it tired. Like everybody, the amount of people who can do things fresh and then it at the train wreck happens once they get tired, I would, I would find ways to fatigue your shoulders and your breathing. So again, stacking burpees on top of practicing these movements is a great strategy. Like you could do it like a death by burpees, EMOM into some sort of death by whatever movement you're trying to do. As long as you don't rip your hands, if it's a bar, you know, a bar movement, um, and that could be a great way to expose yourself to, all right, what, a, what will happen when I'm really tired and I see this movement in the open? I think the other thing is you, you struck a chord with me when you're talking about having to do like progressive movements, pull up chest to bar and bar muscle ups, because it's something we'll likely see. I think this whole concept of transitions in the open is the difference between huge scores for people. Meaning I, um, Saxon and Spencer used to yell at me all the time for this until I finally just drilled it in my head that you always have more in you than you think you do. Don't stand around before starting the next movement. So as an example, if you're doing burpees and then you have to go do pull-ups, don't do your burpees, stop, rest, and then do your pull-ups, do your burpees, and then immediately do a pull-up. Even if it's just one, like get into the movement and you'll find that you're, you're very likely, 
stronger and have, you know, better cardio or however you want to view it, you know, better endurance than you think you do. And it often will be the difference between beating someone by several reps, because if Mm -hmm. you find yourself at the end of a workout doing that, people will still, if they've been breaking there, they will continue to break there. Yeah, absolutely. Transitions are huge, especially in like, I mean, workouts where there's multiple elements or lots of transitions, um, man, just getting from that one piece of equipment and onto the next one is something that's definitely overlooked a lot, which is why half the wad prep videos, I'm just like, mind your transitions. Here's a bad transition. Here's a good transition. It's just like so obvious, but so many people make the mistake. Yeah. And there's so many little tricks, you know, I don't think, you know, we're not going to have a rower in the open this year. And that's one where people typically make monster mistakes in transition time. So no mm-hmm. one's going to have to worry about that on this mm-hmm. one. So I think the, the I mean, that excites me very much that there's no rower, by the way, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I've, I haven't been rowing a lot, but I'm a little disappointed because I feel like I'm decent at rowing comparatively to the other things I'm horrible at. So it's a little bit of a bummer. And to that point, I, I think I, I have good transitions on a rower. And that's yeah. an area where a lot of people struggle. And um, I don't know if we get to quarterfinals and have rowers, maybe we'll talk about um, transitions on the rower, but it doesn't necessarily oh, yeah. matter tonight. The uh, the other thing I've been focusing on, and I don't know if this is anything you look at. I always find that most of these open workouts, most of them, um, I don't know. Are there, do you remember any that were above 20 minutes in my mind? They're all 20 minutes or less for the most part. And very few or even that far, they're usually like 18 or less or 15 or less. For the yeah, most I remember part. a 20-minute AMRAP when I was in Okinawa, Japan. But other than that, I don't know if there's been anything other than like the ascending into infinity workouts where like some people made it to 24 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I remember any that were longer than 20 minutes. Well, the one in the scale division that um, the one that was we talked about on the last episode, which was dumbbells, double under, you know, dumbbell thrusters, double unders and toes to bar that was was single unders, thrusters and knee raises was 20 minutes. And it was okay. That was another 20 minutes. It was the full 20 minutes. But one thing I do, um, I spend a lot of time on the C2 bike and not really biking hard, but biking 30 minutes or so. And you'd be amazed Mm -hmm. at how much easier 15 minute workouts seem when you routinely do 30 minutes of anything, even if it's not hard. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll get on there and bike for 30 minutes and just sit there and watch a show. And, you know, I'm sweating, but it's not. Like I can walk afterwards. I'm not wrecked. I can go do other things afterwards. You know, it's not like a 30 minute Metcon of something, but, yeah. I, but I can absolutely go into a 15 minute workout and go, all right, it's just 15 minutes, you know, and, and mentally it's not as hard for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, having right. the endurance training is, is yeah, once you, once you learn how to keep your heart rate elevated for an hour, um, then sometimes you can make the correct, you know, assessment like, Oh, 15 minutes, isn't that bad, but, but we're playing with two different heart rate, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, ranges here. Well, I know I'm giving everybody the pro tips on how to move from a hundred and hundred and first thousandth to a hundred and <laughs> hundred and, you know, hundred thousand even. Yeah. It's a big accomplishment. Six <laughs> figures, baby. I, I don't even know. I, how many I'm really interested to see how many people register. Like, that's, I'm very interested because I know 
I think there was a dip one year, but it, you know, um, that was the key, key, the KPI that Eric Rosa had was how many people can we get registered for the open? So I'm really interested to hear about that. I think it's going to be low. Yeah. I, I hate to be pessimistic. I, I truly do. Now, well, if there's a good sign, um, they've enrolled more adaptive athletes than they ever have before. That's good. Already. You know, now it's not, you know, a lifetime better. It's like 300 better, but you got to keep in mind, there were only a thousand to begin with. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty big jump from a thousand to 1300, you know? Yeah, so for sure. Um, I don't know how, how that bodes for everyone else. And they do have more gems this year more physical gems this year than they had last this time last year. So Good. assuming all those gems decide to compete, you know, we yeah. should be good. And then they also added in the fact that you can, you know, anybody can go out and register and you can do these at home. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's another growth year. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll see. It's just, I don't know. I'm, my gut tells me it's going to be less, but you know, I'm also, I tend to sway toward the negativity I read online. So I may just be pulling the pessimistic side of me out. Sure. All right. One more tip. Give me one more tip that's going to put me in the top 95 percentile ben <laughs> well top 95 percentile oof that's going to be tough to pull you out of that the bottom five um <laughs> let me i really want to make it a good one so i'm not just trying to to glaze over this Honestly, I was going to say this one earlier. It's like practice wall walks. I really think they're showing up again. Do you? You think they're coming back? With Dave no longer with the company, maybe not. But if Dave Casher was there, you better believe they were coming back with how many you know, complaints and how hard they were in years past. Um, I, st- I still feel like they could absolutely show back up and, you know, I'm sure more people have practiced them than years prior, but I still get the vibe that it's probably one of those workouts that a lot of us haven't done since the open last year. Um, so I would say that that is probably something that I would maybe practice a little bit more, but I, I guess my biggest piece of advice is going into the open. Don't treat it. Like, don't let it freak you out. Don't let the open mentally exhaust you before it even happens. Register, get ready to have a good time. Don't sweat it. Like, don't get too nervous about it. Like, I like the excitement around it, but it shouldn't be like nervousness to the point of not having fun. Remember to have fun with it. Um, And then leading up to the open, I'd say a week out, um, try to avoid the things that make you really, really sore. For some of us, that's, high volume deadlifts. Like I'm not going to do Diane the week before the open because those 225 deadlifts that I try to fly through at Mach 10 speed, they just leave my low back sore and tight and gnarly. So I just prioritize movements that, that one, you can practice the skills on um, and two, avoid ripping your hands at all costs. And then three, just try to avoid movements that tend to leave you feeling really banged up. Like Hey, if, if pistols really tear you up and it makes your knee swell up bigger than a balloon for some reason, I would just maybe avoid them or, or practice very few reps before the open. Um, 
Because what we don't want to do is go into the open banged up. Like now should be a time for healing. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like um, I kind of tweaked my elbow. Something's going on there. I'm hoping I'll be fine. I'm sure I will be, but I'm going to take it pretty easy over the next two weeks as to, to, in order to leave my body a little bit of room to heal up before the open, uh, because we're not going to get any fitter between now and the open, really. Like we're not going to be making major strength gains. We could develop some skills. Like I think double unders is actually one of the easier ones to kind of unlock because it's purely like neuromuscular. It's like all about coordination. It's not as much like, raw strength, but it's not like we're going to add 10 pounds to our back squat PR uh, only if you just haven't tested in a while, but we're not going to be adding more strength and adding more fitness. So right now it's preservation of fitness and avoiding injury and yeah, just getting super pumped and excited, prioritize sleep and hydration, you know, like that's pretty obvious, but it still needs to be said. Um, and yeah, get register. Like when you register, good things happen. You're going to get more excited find some people to do the open with, even if you're not going to a CrossFit gym to do like a Friday night lights, maybe find a couple people in your area. They're like, Hey, let's do our own. Like let's throw down in my garage gym and, and do the open workouts together. I wouldn't be surprised if you can make some great friends and, and get that kind of that excitement that the open is, is known for that open magic, if you will. Oh, dude, I love, I love the community aspect of it. Um, I'm right with you. I would say a couple of things here. I'd say, number one, if you're a, if you're a scaled athlete or you have no chance like myself, for instance, of making quarterfinals, unless you have an, a different reason to do this, take a rest day before the day you're going to do the open, do it one time and be done. Do not let the open destroy your training. Yeah, You know, like I I think people do that. And I've done that in years past, like full disclosure. I've had years where I did every workout two to three times. It was the only thing I focused on for those five weeks, you know, still five weeks in those days. And um, yeah. And so basically I gave up. You probably ended less fit than you started. Yeah. I gave up a month of training so I could beat my buddy down the street, uh, you know, or have a bragging rights for a year. And that's an important thing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you know, you don't get anything out of it. Just don't let it blow up your training. But I do think you, you know, you if you sign up for it and you should do exactly what you said, like don't beat yourself up going into it. Take a f- pure rest day the day before so you're fully ready to go. Like mm-hmm. be in your best place physically before you go do that first workout and then do it one and done. And if you know, if you totally screw the pooch, maybe you do it a second time. Like, but you know, even then I think it's just a test. Like don't blow up your training over it. Yeah. I have another tip that just came to mind that I want to throw into that mix is if you're planning to do like a Friday night lights, but you normally train at let's say six in the morning, I would highly recommend getting at least a few sessions in over the next two weeks before the open where you train when you're going to hit the open workout. Like I know there's a lot of people, myself included, when I showed up to Friday night lights uh, last year, I was just like, or I guess it was really two years ago. Um, but I showed up and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, I am absolutely exhausted. It's seven. I'm not going until seven. It's, it's bedtime. I'm ready for bed. Like I'm normally in bed reading at this point, especially on a Friday night. Cause I have no <laughs> friends and I'm antisocial. Um, like, come on. Is this way too late for me? That's what my body was saying. So what I should have done is practice. Like yeah. have like a, a practice day where you're like, all right, I'm going to try the 6.30 p.m. class. And even though it's kind of weird and I don't like it, 
Try it out because that's the only, just like exposing yourself to that red line. It's the only way you're going to know what it feels like going into it. And you might realize, wow, like I feel horrible and I probably should just do this in the morning. Or you might realize like, Hey, I can move where I eat a little bit and I can sleep in more and maybe have my coffee a little bit later in the day and I'll feel fine. Um, so I would just experiment with that just a bit. Dude, I think it's a great tip. I can't tell you how many years, you know, first four to five years I was doing the open, I was a 5 a.m. -er. And oh. going into Friday night lights was brutal. <laughs> like you're, just, you're just not used to working out late, you know, like yeah. it, it is different. You know, your body like, neurologically, like they, I'm, I'm I, classic thing to say, like they've studied this, like who's they yeah, and yeah. what did they study? But they've studied this. Your body actually will adapt to when you train. And if you have been training and you've been a, a consistent trainee at five, six in the morning, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you expect your body to perform at its peak level at 6 30 PM on a Friday night, you are sorely mistaken. So just, just expose yourself to that. Knows, know what it feels like. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to be interested to see how this open goes for me for a number of reasons. I've literally not, you know, been in an actual CrossFit gym for months now. Yeah. And so I haven't been, you know, haven't really been coached other than, you know, a few times here and there, but nothing spectacular. And I certainly haven't been judged, you know, and that's a, that's a different thing. Like, that's the one thing that's hard for people in the open is having someone stand over you and call no reps that, you know, that are probably legit, no reps that you just, you know, you didn't even realize you were doing it, you know? Yeah. And, I did. Yeah. Uh, that, that pistol workout I did uh, yesterday, I was like, I redid a couple of reps. So I was like, I don't know that one, <laughs> like that one might not have been deep enough. So I'm gonna just going to redo this one. Cause you know what? The opens around the corner. Well, I'm going to drop in on a few gems uh, for this one uh, for all three weeks. I'm going to try to get to three different gems. And uh, I mean, this will be the first year I haven't been coached. I haven't been judged by Saxon or Spencer and their passive aggressive counting. So <laughs> every time you miss a rep, they just don't count. You know, they're like yeah. one, two, three, four. <laughs> you're like, yes, you do two reps in between there. Before they don't even see no, no rep and you're just like, uh, what? The first time Saxon did it to me, the next time I'm like, bro, don't do that again, man. You've got to tell me when I'm <laughs> missing a rep and I'll fix it. But, you know, I'll keep going if you don't say anything. Yeah. It's just That's so cool. passive aggressive. But, you know, they're just, they're nice dudes. They don't want to hurt people's feelings, you know? I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. I need you to hurt my feelings because I don't do extra reps. I'd rather have had hurt feelings call, than extra I had reps. a call with Scott the other day. Um, so he didn't seem too passive aggressive, but, um, that's a good family. I forgot to message you that he, we talked about business and stuff like that and all the apps he's got, but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, he just kept calling you JFW. <laughs> dude, I've known Scott for so long. He's such a good dude. Just yeah. such, a, such a good dude. And, uh, you know, good dad, good husband, like, and no, no complaints about that family at all for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, dude. Well, this has been fun as always. I think you're, you've probably are going to help me make quarterfinals with all these tips. I a hundred percent guarantee it or all the money that you paid me today, money back. I haven't even decided if I'm scaling or going RX, to be honest, like it's going to be a game time decision for me. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I don't have any injuries, yeah. no tweaks. I mean, I haven't had injuries for years, but not even any tweaks. Like Nice. Shoulders feel good. Elbows feel good. Knees feel good. I'm lighter because I've lost some weight. Like I'm feeling good right now. So I might actually RX this thing. We'll see. Nice. 
Sweet. And, and first, then they'll program the something movement, like horrible. First movement is going to be, yeah. First movement's going to be like 415 deadlift. Well, no, it'll be like muscle-ups. I have like literally not done a muscle-up in months because I'm in the basement, you know? So I, yeah. can, only, I can only simulate ring dips and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm saying I might RX. I'm going to scale the hell out of this thing. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, dude. Well, fun as always. And uh, everybody take Ben's advice. Go get signed up for the Open now. It's going to be uh fun three weeks and i'm kind of looking forward to seeing people dm us their scores and tell me how bad they're yes beating me. It's gonna yes be i can't wait games.crossfit.com sign up there's a big button on there yep. and there hey you know what we could do if they do the custom leaderboard thing they again, do we could, we could have a scale and bail um custom leaderboard i think that's a hell of a good idea let's do it I'm a genius. You are a genius. Just like that. No one's going to listen because it's the end of the show, but we'll do it. We'll announce the top of the show next time. <laughs> well, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yes. And we'll do a scale and bell leaderboard and uh, everybody can post your scores and kick my butt. And Plot you- twist. Dave Castro signs up for it. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if Dave does the open. All right. Well, that's a good idea, Ben. So that's what we'll do. So, all awesome. right. Well, well, I'm stoked for it. Me too. I'm here for it. All right. Well, for everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining and uh, we will see you guys next Tuesday.